Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. When I was on a public school board, we had a guiding philosophy when it came to money distribution. <laughs> we were uh, just a, a mid-sized school district that had a very large amount of buildings. And, and, we, and we covered a large area and had multiple small K-8 type buildings there. We did not want these schools to look, well, cookie cutter at all. Uh, we knew that every community had different dynamics and, and characteristics and those type of things. And what was important for one school was, well, not very important to another one. I mean, we even had one school that did not even have a hot lunch program because it was, it was in an area where it would have cost the school a lot of money, really for almost no participation. So we as a school district and a school board, we... We maintained that school choice was the way to distribute the funds that we received from the state. After receiving our district allotment, we would assign a figure to, to each student. The amount of money that, that a school received for the year was, was based on the students uh, that attended that school. Most were counted as like a standard amount of money, but some would even get more based on whether or not they had special needs or not. So even though our state did not have school choice, so to speak, our school district did. And we, we allowed parents and students to, to choose whatever school they wanted to go to. The, the transportation was up to them if they chose one that was out of their area or something, but at least they had that choice. This made each school look very different from all the others. Each school had a, had a focus um, on, on kids and, and what the parents were looking for in a school. We had a school that literally had more kids from outside their area than inside attending their classes there. They, they catered to those that had a more uh, a homeschool mindset. And, and there were small schools that focused almost exclusively on, on just simply reading and writing and math. And that was, you know, almost nothing else. But there were large schools that wanted all the extras, including extracurricular activities and all these different things. Uh, there, there, were, there was a school for just about every kind of parent and student need. Because of this kind of system, most of the schools got pretty creative in, in their approach to learning. One school that was struggling while doing things the old way chose to become a charter school with a, a focus on agriculture and immediately had a waiting list to enroll. I mean, the very next year. Other schools decided that they could share um, instructors like music teachers and things like this and still have the program for kids, but save money to where they could use that somewhere else. But you may be saying that this is all well and good, Doug, but, but how were the students in the district doing educationally as a whole? Well, our test scores were some of the very best in the state. And why was this the case? Because we had injected something into the system that was really desperately needed. 
Yeah, it's called competition. <laughs> but but wait, but wait. We're not supposed to have competition in the school system. That will hurt kids, especially those that come from low-income areas, right? Wrong. This is a lie and, and a myth that has been told for years. If you enact school choice, poor schools will just get poorer, and it will hurt those kids. But what the data shows is really quite the opposite. I saw it in our school district, and, and now we are seeing it in states that have enacted school choice. Florida enacted school choice in 2002, and their low-income test scores went from number 33 in the nation to number one in the nation in 2019. Indiana went from 22 to number three in the same time frame. The, the, the current city that I reside uh, was has, has not embraced school choice at all. <laughs> Even though the, the county uh, had a 9%, actually 9.5% increase in population in the last five years, the district has lost 13.8% of its kids. Yeah, they are now looking to cut over $19 million from this next year's budget alone. All of this, even though they passed a tax increase. So let's take a, a closer look at school choice. Uh, from the Heritage Foundation, they say that school choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The results are tangible. The, the states are leading the way and, and giving parents more options in their children's education than ever before. Here are 10 of the most promising benefits of school choice. Number one, school choice is good for student safety. Yeah, I said safety. Parents who exercise school choice frequently list school safety as one of their primary reasons for doing so. School safety is a particular concern in communities where violence is common. And even somewhere it isn't, we've just seen within the last week. Some school uh, 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 options can help students escape communities where bullying and gang-related violence or, or other school violence is common. This has proved the, the case in, in Milwaukee, in fact, where research found that school choice participants were half as likely to commit felonies and misdemeanors as those who went to their local public school. On a, on a wider scale, five empirical studies have found that students participating in private school choice are safer and receive better schooling. Two other studies show a similar pattern. School safety was among the top three reasons parents exercise school choice in, in the largest ever survey conducted of a private school choice program. Among the nearly 15,000 participants in Florida, 36% listed school safety in their top three priorities when choosing a school. Parents have reported similar school safety-related motivations for um, you know, exercising their educational choice in other settings, such as Washington, D.C., for instance. But how about number two? Number two is school choice increases parental satisfaction and involvement. Most 
parents who exercise school choice report that they are highly satisfied with their child's chosen school. In Arizona, for example, more than 70% of respondents with with children who, who use the state's educational savings account option were very satisfied. Moreover, parents and students in the D.C. Uh, Opportunity Scholarship Program reported being more satisfied and more involved with their children's education when allowed to choose their child's school. Number three, education choice can give students an education tailored to their needs. You see, tools such as education uh, savings accounts empower parents with the educational funds to tailor children's education to their exact needs. Uh, take the 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 Visser family. Um, thanks to the Arizona's educational savings account option, their son Jordan, uh, who has cerebral palsy, by the way, was able to tailor a learning program to fit his specific educational needs. Here's here's what she said. She said. Quote, we've done a schooling at home program now for two years with the teacher. This is what Kathy Vizzer, uh, who was Jordan's mom, said. She said she's got the visual knowledge to work with his vision, and she's uh, a special ed teacher. Jordan's father, Christo, added that, um, quote, workbooks and mathematics and multiplicatives we we are developing his curriculum based on his needs. That is a huge advantage to us. You see, that's the type of customization that the, the traditional one-size-fits-all type district model simply just can't provide. And by the way, last year, Arizona gave students anywhere from $7,000 to $30,000 for special needs to, to the school of their choice. And number four, school choice provides options for low-income families. Education choice breaks the arbitrary link between a child's housing and the school that he or she can attend. This means the price of a home a family can afford no longer determines their child's um, access to a quality education. I mean, for for some middle-income families and, and many more upper-income families, this link is already effectively severed. I mean, they they can afford to to pay twice, for instance, both for their child's private school tuition or that type of thing, and the taxes to support the public school system. But for the lower income families, well, that, that just isn't the case. School choice means access to a quality education isn't conditional on a family's ability to purchase an expensive home or or, or pay twice. Number five, school choice leads to higher graduation rates. Did you know that? Students participating in school choice programs are significantly more likely to graduate from high school. For instance, students participating in the the DC um, Opportunity Scholarship Program we talked about, which helps low-income students attend private schools of their choice, experienced a 21%, a 21% point increase in graduation rates. Number six, school choice saves tax dollars. It does. School choice options uh, achieved all the benefits that that we just talked about at at much lower cost to taxpaying Americans than the typical public school model. 
school choice uh, mechanisms like vouchers and and tax credit scholarships and educational savings accounts cost a fraction of what is spent on the public system. So they are a win-win, both the taxpayers and for the students. One study found that access to the DC Opportunity Scholarship Program, because of its positive impact on graduation rates, produced a $2.62 return for every dollar spent on the voucher program. That's huge. Number seven, public choice, public school choice, uh, or school choice, puts competitive pressure on schools. Introducing school choice options increases the overall quality of local school uh, schools since improvement occurs from the the threat of competition alone. I mean, just that alone. Research shows that public school students' performance in both Florida and Milwaukee improved after the launch of the new school choice uh, opportunities. Number eight, school choice makes schools more affordable. School choice creates a direct accountability to parents. It gives schools a strong incentive to, to meet the needs of their students since you know, unsatisfied parents can just take their children and, and education dollars elsewhere. The, the bottom-up approach of a, a market-based education system means that parents are, are education providers and they're immediate stockholders. They, this, this creates a feedback loop that does not exist in the more centralized top-down system like the, the public schools are now. Policymakers should trust parents and education providers to, you know, innovate and and collaborate together as they work to meet the needs of diverse student population. And and that's what we that's what we saw in the school district that that I helped run. Number nine, school choice makes education dollars go farther. Milton and Rose Friedman rightly argued that people are more likely to economize and maximize money when it's their own rather than someone else's. The same principle applies to education where parents have a greater incentive to maximize their education dollars than traditional public school officials do. Education savings accounts offer parents flexibility. I mean, funds can be used for education costs ranging from textbooks to educational tutoring and and therapies and and unused funds roll over each year. This gives parents a powerful incentive to economize and maximize the value of their education dollars to get the biggest bang for their buck. And lastly, school choice helps cultivate citizens. What do I mean by that? Well, private schools do a, a better job than traditional public schools at cultivating civic you know, virtues in, in their, in their students, such, such as uh, civic participation and tolerance and things like that. They also tend to give more focus to character and moral formation, something parent, parents value in schools, according to a recent ed choice study. So school choice creates greater opportunities for all children and have access to education that it, that indicates democratic values. And, and, and one concrete example is from New York, where low-income and minority students were more likely to register to vote and turn out in elections. Options are, are a, really a good thing. 
I mean, what can be bad, right? Especially when it comes to education. But today, most American parents remain at just simply the whim of whatever school district they live in. Education choice gives students the opportunity to pick their own public school or their charter school or their private school or online learning options, even private tutoring or, or homeschooling options. As, as Nathan Hoffman recently put it, he said, the best public school won't work for every student. The best private school won't work for every student. The best public charter school won't work for every student. The best virtual school won't work for every student. It's about having options. And really, options mean liberty. And our education system needs more of it. A real clear politics poll last year showed that 72% of Americans support school choice. This includes 82% of Republicans and 68% of Democrats, 67% of independents. So why don't we see more states enacting school choice? Well, the Daily Wire reports this. This says some Republican-led states, including Tennessee, are joining Democrats in actively resisting school choice policies after dozens of red states have already begun implementing such changes. School choice, which deposits public education funds directly to families to to spend on where their, their children learn, became popular among Republican and Democratic voters in the wake of the pandemic after parents got an inside look at what their kids were being taught. Some states, including Arizona and Utah, Iowa, West Virginia, and, and Arkansas, have adopted such policies, while dozens of others allow parents to take advantage of tax credits and savings programs for private schools and homeschool programs. However, some GOP officials in red states, including Tennessee and Idaho and Wyoming, are seeing opposition from fellow Republicans. Tennessee State Majority Leader Jack Johnson, he's a Republican, sponsored an education savings account legislation in the state in 2019, targeting poor performing public school districts with heavy minority populations. Quote, there was a tremendous support. uh, There was tremendous support for many in the African-American community or the Hispanic community, uh, as well as all folks that are in these urban areas where they have a, a failing school system. Johnson said. That's kind of where we drew the line for this initial legislation that we passed. And 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 some would love to have a statewide universal school choice system. However, sources working in Tennessee state capital told the Daily Wire of the harrowing fight lawmakers endured in passing the legislation due to the nature of the bill, which only covers a few hundred students. Although they expect the number to grow, sources said that they don't see universal choice passing in Tennessee anytime soon due to the backlash, not just from Democrats and and teachers unions, but also from the overwhelmingly Republican legislature. The House passed the policy with only one vote, prompting the House Speaker to keep a, a, a poll open uh, for nearly an hour while he negotiated with other lawmakers to switch positions. Although Johnson supports expanding the, the, the law passed in, 19, uh, in uh, 2019, 
he said that he would take what he would get. He said, I, I don't want to let perf- uh, the, the perfect be the enemy of good. And, and I support school choice, he said. And, and you know, where, where we need it, the, 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 the most are in the areas where, you know, we have it available now. So, so Idaho House members tried to expand the grant programs to help parents pay for private school tuition or offer scholarships, but faced opposition from the state's Republican governor, Brad Little. Little in, included in his budget proposal, um, his budget, budget proposal this, this session, a recommendation of $30 million in ongoing funds toward the Empowering Parents Program, which would go towards grants designed for educational needs that, that uh, are up to $1,000 per student or $3,000 per family. Uh, it, it would on, only go toward academic instruction for up to t- uh, 2,000 students per year and prioritize families with the lowest household incomes. However, Little had made it clear that he does not support public education funds going towards private institutions, saying that allowing such programs to exist would be taking food out of the mouths of a program that we know is going to work. Hmm. Wyoming, too. Wyoming, which Gallup and Cook uh, political reports mark as the, the reddest state in the union, right, had more than half of its Republican House uh, chamber co-sponsoring a school choice bill after it cleared the the Senate hurdle. However, though, Republican House Speaker uh, Albert uh, Sumners uh, blocked its passage, saying that the bill goes against his support for local control and and enables uh, uh, authority stays with with, uh, local school boards and, and town councils and county commissions. Yet, some of course his Republican colleagues argue that Wyoming teachers unions control Summers uh, because the bill would ban schools from including lessons about sexual orientation. Well, Repu- uh, Representative John Bear, chair of the Wyoming Freedom Caucus, said that the state has a lot of people who run as Republicans but have very very progressive beliefs. We we like to call them rhinos, Republican in name only. <laughs> but some some Republicans uh, and, and and Republican leaders and and conservative uh, parents oppose school choice legislation on some very different grounds and fear it will um, deprive public schools of funding. Their concern is that allowing public funds to go to private institutions and homeschool programs might open the door to allow government interference. I've heard a lot of this lately. Alex Newman, a, an analyst uh, for the, the Freedom Project, explains that those concerns from a coalition of Republicans and Democrats that, that blocked uh, the, the failed Idaho school choice bill uh, from advancing, well, they had these concerns. Opponents cited a lack of accountability in the, in, in the bill, and, and he argued um, that you know, parents' challenges for for homeschoolers using the voucher program are just kind of unfounded. I mean, once once the money, he says, um, comes to them, then they're going to want accountability. They're going to want to know, you know, what what we're doing, what, what we are learning, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually they'll want to control it. The, uh, they, they were concerned that the government funding of homeschool or private schools would lead almost... Uh, inevitably to government regulation and then ultimately control. 
So in other words, you know, they don't want anything to do with, with government dollars. Well, Jason Bedrick, an education uh, research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, told the Daily Wire that, that the, most, the, the, the more families that get involved with uh, in, investing in private education, whether it's a, a private school or a homeschool environment, the greater the, the constituency there is to defend uh, private schools and homeschool autonomy. I mean, if, if and when the government decides that they're you know, going to try to, to come after you. So, so when it comes to our, our liberties, the, the price of liberty is external vigilance. He, he said, we always have to be vigilant, but I think we also have to recognize that the government doesn't need to be, you know, funding private education uh, for the government to be trying to regulate it. And so in other words, just because you're getting taxpayer dollars, um, you know, for, to a private school or a homeschool network or that type of thing, doesn't mean they're not going to want to regulate you. They're, they're going to do it anyway. But I would, what I would say that is the biggest obstacle to better schools and, and school choice really is the teacher's union. A t- t- uh, teacher's union boss, Randy Weingart, ripped into Americans critical of public education, accusing them of, a, of advancing an extreme scheme to replace government-run schools with private, religious, online, and homeschools. Speaking to the National Press Club uh, this last week, Weingarten chose American Federation of Teachers, or AFT, is the second largest teachers uh, labor union in the nation and targeted the DeVos, Bradley, Koch, and Walton family foundations for their uh, criticism of public schools. Quote, the Betsy DeVos wing of the school privatization movement is methodically working its plan. Starve public schools of the funds they need to succeed. This is what Garden said. Uh, criticize them for their shortcomings. Erode trust in public schools by stoking fear and division, including uh, attempting to pit parents against teachers. Replace them with private, religious, online, and homeschools. Wow. Weingarten suggested that such efforts were supported by few people and declaring it's an extremist scheme by a very vocal minority of Americans. Well, then why is she addressing it? Weingarten, whose AFT uh, reported, reportedly lobbied uh, the uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention to keep schools closed amid the coronavirus pandemic, of course, and attack state legislatures considering bills to either create or expand existing voucher programs. Voucher uh, vouchers negatively affect achievement, and the, the the declines are worse than pandemic learning loss, is what she claims. Of course, not true, but she claims that. She attacked Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for his universal voucher program, which will allow eligible students to enroll in K twelve to participate in available school choice options, saying that DeSantis is sending taxpayer dollars in the wrong direction. I mean, come on. Here in Washington, in the state of Washington, every single student, what what the school system pays for every single student per year is averaged out at $16,800 a year. Weingarten denied claims that elementary and secondary students are teaching 
critical race theory. Oh, yeah, they're not doing that, right? Rallied against claims that teachers are indoctrinating students. No, they wouldn't do that. And denying the public schools push a woke agenda. No, they wouldn't do that. Of course not. Quote, this is literally a matter of life and death, Weingarten said. These attacks on the public education make it increasingly difficult to create the welcoming, safe environment that our students need and deserve. There's the deserve word. The critics, <laughs> the critics will only get worse as Governor DeSantis' universal voucher bill kicks in. I mean, what what will the loss of four million dollars do to safety in Florida public schools? Is what Weingarten said. You see, Weingarten has made DeSantis the focus of her ire before. I mean, last August, Weingarten targeted DeSantis and Texas uh, GOP Governor Greg Abbott, charging that the teachers' shortage was bad before this year, but it's been made worse by the culture wars, the mask wars, the fabrication of CRT, the shenanigans of public uh, politicians like Governor Abbott in Texas and Governor DeSantis in Florida. <laughs> you see... The, the, the teachers' unions have worked hard and spent massive amounts of money to, to, remain, to, to maintain the status quo. But do, do you know what the status quo here in, in the district that I live in is? The status quo here in the district that I live in, here in, in the state of Washington, means that only 69% of the students regularly attend classes, and 25% of all students met the math standards. That's what the status quo is. School choice seems to be a much better way uh, of, of doing uh, school and educating kids. It's a much better way than what's being done right now. And, and you may agree with that, and you may disagree with that. I would definitely love to have that conversation starter with you. And you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.